Hello, everyone, and welcome to Police Off the Cuff Real Crime Stories. I'm your host, retired NYPD Sergeant Bill Cannon, a 20-year veteran of the NYPD. This whole case of the conspiracy, the murder of Dan Markell that happened in 2014, and involves pretty much the entire uh, Adelson family, is just, it, it reads like a tragedy, almost like we see up on the screen the pictures of pretty much everyone involved in this case. Dan Markell, of course, the victim of this case. And next to him, his lovely wife, Wendy Adelson. And then below her, her dad, Harvey Adelson. Her mother just arrested on Wednesday night, Donna Adelson. And then Charlie Adelson, a dentist, a periodontist, successful, just tried for murder and convicted. And then we have the other players, the hired help, if you will, Catherine Magbuania and her baby's father, Sigfredo Garcia, and Latin King, Luis Rivera, the guys who were the actual doing the work, doing the shooting, doing the dirty work for these people. But can't a divorce lawyer do the work that you need to be done? There was a contentious divorce. So does that mean we can't solve this in court? So let's let's have them whacked. Let's have law professor Dan Markell whacked because this little spoiled girl, another attorney, Wendy Adelson, she's not happy. And her mom, Donna Adelson, who lives in Miami, can't have her grandchildren close to her because Daniel Markell will not allow it. That's not okay for very rich people because they're used to getting their way. They're used to getting what they want. So if we can't bribe him into doing what we want to do, what's the next best thing we can do? Well, you know something? We can take his life. We can kill him. We can hire two thugs to whack them, you know, to do a hit. And then all our problems will be solved. So they thought. So they thought. But look at what occurred since then. 73-year-old Donna Adelson arrested in Miami International Airport with her husband, with her husband, Harvey, trying to flee to Dubai and catch a plane to Vietnam, where there is no extradition treaty with the United States. That'll solve all our problems. We just run away. We got plenty of money. We'll lead a different life. They won't be able to catch us. They don't, they never heard the expression, the long arm of the law, you know, the long arm of the law. And that's what happened to Donia Adelson. She didn't even get very far. She got caught in Miami airport. What was this 73-year-old thinking? What was she thinking? What was grandma who always got her way thinking that she could flee the jurisdiction, that they could take part in a conspiracy to kill her daughter Wendy's husband and get away with it? Well, we're going to find that out. We're going to see. So hang on, 
Hang on to your seats. You're about to join true crime from a police perspective. Police off the cuff. So if you like true crime, stay with us. You're about to get it off the cuff. There has to be some common sense. Yes, sir. They have the car stopped in Tampa Ranch, Michael Biden. We still don't know who pulled the trigger. Welcome back. Prosecutors consider uh, the Adelson family members, the sister Wendy Adelson and their parents, Donna and Harvey, unindicted co-conspirators. None have been charged. Well, actually, Donna has just been arrested and she's going to be charged, right? And they've all denied their involvement. Wendy Adelson has testified with limited immunity in all three trials held in this case. So I think that now everyone that has followed this case, I think agrees and is salivating at the fact that Wendy, she's the one that should be most culpable in this thing. seems like all the bodies are falling around her, but yet, she remains standing. How is that possible? How do all the bodies fall around you and you're not even charged? Is it that she's so smart? Is that she got immunity? And when we talk about her limited immunity, what, what it actually says by law is Wendy Adelson has immunity in regards to her testimony at the trials. However, any independent evidence separate from her testimony can be used to arrest and prosecute her. So you bet down the road, there's a pair of handcuffs, a pair of Smith & Wesson handcuffs that, got, that are going to be slapped on her. You, you can bet that because as we all know, all of us followers of true crime, real crime, that there is no statute of limitations for murder. So she could go about living her life. Five years could go by. Ten years could go by. And all of a sudden, knock, knock at the door. Hello, would you step outside, please? Are you Wendy Adelson? Yes, you are. Okay, put your hands behind your back. You're under arrest. Oh, my God, for what? That could happen. That is a reality that one day is going to happen to Wendy Adelson. And do you think she'll be prepared for it at that time? Or do you think she's in total, total denial that this could even potentially happen to her? I think I think not. I think she thinks she's above the law. And all the bodies are falling. All the bodies are falling except her. It's like that person that you everyone knows is that a grenade could go off in a room and she would be the one that would that it wouldn't touch, that she would survive it. Because that's the comparison we have here. Look at all these people up on the screen. 
five out of one is deceased, right? And five, five out of the seven are under arrest and facing, well, one cut a deal, Luis Rivera. He's a bad guy. He cut a deal, a deal with the devil, they would call it, right? And in prison, he won't be very popular. He'll be known as a rat because he turned, he flipped on his buddy, Sigfredo Garcia, you know? There is no honor among thieves. We see that with wise guys all the time. They take the vow of omerta, yeah, until they're into it up to their neck, then they'll rat on their mother if they have to, you know? We see that all the time among criminals. Anyway, so Wendy Adelson, all these people are falling around her, all these bodies are falling, but she's still going about her life as if she did nothing. Incredible, right? Just incredible. His former brother-in-law, Dan Markell, the victim in that case. Adelson family matriarch, matriarch, the mother, Donna Adelson, was arrested last night in Miami one week after Charlie Adelson, her son, was found guilty in the first-degree murder in the 2014 death of Markell. A former Florida State professor, Charlie Adelson's conviction made him the fourth person in Dan Mel Markell's murder to be convicted in the case. The triggerman, Sigfredo Garcia, and Adelson's ex-girlfriend, Catherine Magbanwa, were found guilty in separate trials. A third man, Luis Rivera, took a plea deal for second-degree murder and cooperated with law enforcement authorities in the prosecution of the remaining co-defendants. You know... Just so you know how this works with these thugs, uh, you know, here they are. They're going to, this is the in the words of um, Luis Rivera when he was on the stand. And, and there's, a, there's a picture of that empty-headed moron. Um, he testifies that, you know, they both had guns. Uh, and either one of them were ready to be the shooter. However... As it worked out, he was driving, so it was more convenient for um, Sigfredo Garcia for him to be the shooter. So no big deal. So Sigfredo gets out of the car and pumps three bullets into Daniel Markell, right? And then, then they flee the scene, you know. When Daniel uh, Rivera, excuse me, Luis Rivera was first told about this job and he was told about the money and how much they were going to be paid. He was like, well, why don't we just rip them? This is what you're dealing with, right? Honor, honor. You know, why do we, we won't do the job. Let's just take the money, you know? And that's why people that hire thugs like this, they're smart enough to know not to give the money until the, the deal is done. That's not smart, but they're hiring someone to kill somebody. But this is who and what you are dealing with. So Luis Rivera, yeah, he didn't care whether he was the shooter or the driver. Uh, but he knows enough when he's caught, when he's in the shit, he knows enough to rat. He knows enough to turn state's evidence. There is no loyalty among thieves. And here's his buddy. Here's his buddy he grew up with, right? Sigfredo Garcia, the dad, the dad of... 
Catherine Magwana, Magwanya, excuse me, it's a tough name to pronounce, the daddy of Catherine Magwanya's children. So she had a certain amount of loyalty to him, right? A certain amount of loyalty because it's her baby daddy, you know? And uh, and so she, she doesn't want, she doesn't want to testify against him, but would she do so to save her own ass? You bet, you bet. Just pointing out, I've seen this so many times in my career with the NYPD, in my career in homicide. You used to say, whoever gets the deal first, whoever flips first gets the best deal, you know? And that happens to be the truth. So flip, get that deal fast because before the first person, because there's no honor among thieves, criminals are rats and they rat on each other all the time. Donald Ailson was reportedly, get this, arrested in Miami, an international airport, after she and her husband allegedly purchased one-way tickets to Vietnam. Why not? Authorities booked her on an out-of-county felony warrant, but no charges have been specified yet. With me right now to break this all down, all down as a special guest and criminal defense attorney, Tim Jansen, who has been following the Dan Markell murder case from the very beginning. Uh, Tim, I know. So Donna Adelson now, she's picked up at the airport, right? They have that, that incredible on video called The Bump, The Bump. And if you don't know what The Bump is, the FBI had a, a wire up on their phones. A wire. It's almost like, uh, you know, like the TV show, The Wire. They had a wiretap on their phones. And every time they talked, the FBI was listening in, you know. And they knew, we used to call it in the NYPD, shaking the tree. Shake that tree, right? Shake that tree and the coconuts fall out. Except in this, it was called, the FBI, the FBI called it the bump. Let's go up to her with an undercover. And... Pretend that we represent Luis Rivera in prison. He needs more money. Let's shake him down for more money and give them this letter. And they confronted her. And what does that do? And why is it called the bump? Well, as we say in the NYPD, they shook the tree. Now, all of a sudden, all the players involved in this are calling each other. What's going on? What happened? And they're all implicating each other. Isn't that a beautiful thing? So everyone that is so, so innocent is now telephoning each other and asking, you know what happened, Charlie? We got to discuss this because it affects you and me. That tape was played right in courtroom at Charlie Adelson's trial. And I'm sure it'll be played in the courtroom at his 73-year-old mother's trial. By the time she goes on trial, she'll probably be 74 because it'll take a while, right? All of this evidence that modern-day law enforcement has at their disposal, but yet people still hire thugs, thugs like this, thugs like this to do their dirty work, right? He's the shooter. Sigfredo Garcia, right? Thugs like this. Guy with an IQ of about 40, you know? Let's trust him to shoot and kill our son-in-law, you know? Because look how smart he is, you know?
He's dumber than a tree stump, you know. But he's smart enough again. Smart enough. There we have a picture of the shooter in that little thumbnail there. And we have Daniel Markell. And, of course, Wendy Adelson and her brother Charlie. You know, look at that beautiful picture of them. And an amazing thing is, is also is that uh, this whole case going to ruin one entire family, right? Just destroy an entire family. Did they ever think of that, you think? Or did power, money, and greed think that they make them think that they could get away with it? There you have on the screen. Look at that. Look at that rogues gallery there, right? On the left, Wendy Adelson. To, to, her, to her left, her mother, Donna Adelson. Her brother, Charlie, right? And then you have Catherine Magbanya, who hired these two thugs. One of them being the father of her two children. One of them, uh, Sigfredo Garcia. And then high-ranking Latin king, right? High-ranking Latin king. Unbelievable. Luis Rivera. Let's trust our lives to these th the thugs here, you know? Unbelievable. Like, what were these people thinking, you know? So, Charlie Adelson just got convicted, right? Catherine Magbanya was convicted. She's now looking maybe in the future to cut a deal. To cut another deal, because look what uh, look at the deal Luis Rivera got. So she's going to look maybe to cut a deal because she's she's pretty much facing life a life sentence or has been sentenced to life. Two like thirty year sentences. She she may never see the light of day, right? So she may look to cut a deal. So Wendy Adelson, don't get too comfortable. Don't get too comfortable in Miami because one day someone's going to knock on your door and say, please step outside. You know, there you look at that Rose Gallery, a family ruined. Is Wendy Adelson the next to get charged? Hmm. Hmm. And how about Harvey Adelson? Is he the innocent papa? Does he have nothing to do with this? Does he have no capability or, excuse me, culpability whatsoever? We'll find out. We will absolutely find out. That uh, you are the guy because all the producers, everybody talks about how intimately you are involved in this case. So let me just toss it to you. Like, what kind of seismic uh, effect has this arrest of the mother had? And what are your thoughts as to why it happened, when it happened, and how good a case the prosecutors have? Well... The, the public has been clamoring for Donna to get arrested. And the reason that is because during the trial of her son, Charlie, the state played lots of evidence that clearly showed Donna was involved in this conspiracy. She looked like she was the lady that was moving the plans to happen. And she's on recorded calls, very damning evidence. And I think they were going to move to indict her. But when they got wind of the fact that she was getting a one-way ticket with her husband, Harvey, to Vietnam, they decided that they were going to go ahead and arrest her. And it is important because the agent that was down there was Agent Pat Sanford, the FBI agent. 
and Jack Campbell, the state attorney, had previously done research that it's very hard to extradite from Vietnam, it's very cumbersome, and it's long proceedings. And they did research. So they knew ahead of time she was on a no-fly list or an alert fly list that they sent the FBI agent to Miami from Tallahassee to be there and take her in custody last night. You know, Tim, as a former homicide prosecutor and, and having run a lot of cases, I've been very impressed with the prosecution team here. There have been a lot of strategical decisions. They flipped one defendant. They went yeah. after Catherine. Ultimately, they got a conviction of her. And both her and the other co-defendant who were convicted, Catherine, wanted to actually testify. So prosecutors had to navigate that nuance. Should we have her come in? What would her credibility be? Well, obviously, they made the right decision because there was another conviction there. So let me ask you with regard to this arrest of Donna. Is it you think simply because of the flight aspect of it, or do you believe they have the, enough evidence to continue once again with yet another trial, which prosecutors hate to do to try the same case over and over and over again, that they think they got the goods on her from the factual standpoint? Oh, they, they've got the evidence to prosecute her. And here, here's what happened. With Charlie's trial was a dry run of Donna. So they got the goods on grandma, you know. Grandma just got <laughs> run over by a reindeer. It would be worse than that, right? They have absolutely have the goods on her. So is there anyone that's feeling sorry for grandma? That that uh, she had a she was complicit in having her son-in-law whacked, murdered, rubbed out, as they say, you know? Has anyone feeling sorry for him? Uh, I don't think so, you know. I don't think that anyone is feeling sorry for her. Uh, the undercover Bob Gwalowski, the undercover FBI man, didn't sound sinister, but the bump worked. I'm happy that Donna and Charlie had constant stress ever since they first decided to have Dan murdered. Yeah, you know, it's like, do people get away with murder? Yeah, unfortunately, yes, they do. You go to almost any homicide unit across this nation and perhaps a good clearance rate for the year would be 60%. But as we know, there's no statute of limitations. So at any point, a homicide from years and years ago could be solved by someone knocking on your door, uh, knocking on your door and saying, hello, uh, we're the police, we'd like to speak to you. You know, and all of a sudden something someone did 18 or 20 years ago, uh, they grabbed for. So, yeah, I mean, when you think about it, look, look at look at Granny there in this picture. Just incredible that uh, that she thought that she could get away with this. Um, that she thought she could just hire someone and, and take out her son-in-law. Uh, where do people get these ideas from? You know, what do you think they get these ideas from? Just incredible. I want to play a little bit of um, of Wendy's testimony because she's very cocky too, very calculating, smart. You know, she's an attorney. She's got a law degree. She knows what she can say and what she can't say. She knows how to say it. Is she deceptive? You bet she's deceptive, you know. I love all these body language people, too. And I, and I think they're great. I think they're great. But 
body language doesn't always mean the same exact thing for the same exact person. We, we all use certain inflections that are unique to us. However, you know, they'll talk about things like folding your arms, you're being defensive, you know, looking down, you're deceptive. You know, there's many signs of deception. And does she show signs of deception? Absolutely. I don't think there's a person on this earth that can lie without showing little idiosyncratic signs of lying. This isn't your trial, is it? No. Is your brother charged with conspiring with you to do a murder? No. Is he charged with... Did you see how when she answered that, not only did she say no, she shook her head no. And she looked down and closed her eyes. All, all signs of deception. And, uh, but she looks like she's pretty cool, right? But she is showing signs of deception. Conspiring with you to plan a murder? No. Is he charged with soliciting you to do a murder? No. Who is he charged with doing those things with? I don't think anyone. Have you had an opportunity to review his indictment in this case? I have not. Give me an opportunity to take a look at that document to yourself. Who is your brother alleged to have done these crimes with? Catherine D. Magbanawa. Were you on the wire in this case, Ms. Adelson? No. So when the bump happened, are you familiar with the event I'm referencing as the bump? I am now. When law enforcement approached your mother on the street and handed her a piece of paper? Yes. Okay. When that occurred, who did your mother call? I don't know. Not you, right? Not me. Okay. And once your brother found out about the bump, did he call you about it? No. Who did he call? I don't know. Well, you listened to the calls to authenticate the voices, didn't you? Just just to hear the voices, not to hear the content of the calls. Okay. And the voices were your brother's voice, right? But I, I listened to the calls just to hear who was on them, so I don't know what content they're referencing. I heard your answer. My question to you now is your brother's voice was on the calls. He was on some of the calls I listened to. Your mother's voice was on the calls. She was on some of the calls I listened to. Did you have any secret meetings with your brother post bump that happened in South Florida? No. You were asked about Jeffrey Lacoste and the way that your relationship ended. What is OkCupid? OkCupid is a dating website. Were you on that dating website? I was. Were you on that dating website at the time that you were dating Mr. Lacoste? No, I wasn't. And were you speaking? So I guess if you weren't on it, you weren't speaking to multiple men from the website during the time you were dating Mr. Lacoste. And I'll remind you that you provided your phone in this case and it was celebrated. Downloaded. Argument. Oh, prosecutor giving her a strong warning not to lie, saying we've got the evidence. And wait, let's just back the truck up for a The interesting thing about this, and, and hotshot guy in the chat, thank you for your comments. Uh, 
Wendy committed numerous acts of perjury during her testimony in the past three trials. Wendy should be prosecuted for perjury at the very least and for conspiracy to commit murder. Um, I think that um, that that may happen. That absolutely may happen, that she may uh, she may be tried. for. And, you know, perjury in a capital murder case like this, from what I understand, if you're found guilty of perjury, the penalty could be like 30 years for each act of perjury because of the stakes are so high in this case. So she may seem so cool and so calm and so collective in the way she testifies and she's very careful with her answers. But you know something? They could be building a perjury case because maybe they can't get her for conspiracy to commit murder. But she's testified at three trials. I'm sure they can put together a perjury case on her. And that is what could be the downfall of Wendy Adelson. And we'll see. But she's very, very cool on the stand. Let's go back and watch a little bit more on the stand. Really? Somebody paid him. I learned something this morning. <laughs> yeah, me too. You didn't want him held accountable if it was your family members. Didn't you tell law enforcement that? That's not what I told law enforcement. What did you tell law enforcement? I told them that the person who did this should be held responsible and that I had nothing to do with it. Page 122, lines 7 through 12. If somebody tried to kill my ex-husband, they should be prosecuted to the full extent of the law. The investigator says, regardless of who it is, and your answer is, I mean, it would be different if I thought it were my brother. But I don't think it was my family. It's different now, isn't it? No, it's not different. That's exactly it's different what today, I said isn't right it? here. No, that's not no right. No further questions. Wow. Wow. I mean, just uh, amazing. Uh, she, she got a little bit argumentative with the prosecutor, yet... She remained cool. She remained cool. Didn't you just say that you weren't on OkCupid at the time that you were dating Jeffrey Lacoste? I don't know when we say I officially stopped dating Jeff Lacoste, but there's a chance that, I mean, I, I don't remember in 2014 whether I had gotten the app and started talking to people before we officially broke up. Okay, so my point is there's a chance that he was right. You were being unfaithful or at least talking to other people. He had a reason to be jealous. I think he had some serious jealousy issues that may or may not have been founded. Yeah, I think we got from your testimony that you believe he had serious jealousy issues. My question to you is, did he have a reason to be? No. So he was wrong. He was wrong in June when he accused me of being with multiple people that I wasn't with, yes. Okay. What was wrong with Dan's mother trying to make arrangements for the kids in the event of your arrest? Wasn't that a kind thing to do? I don't think it's kind to put my children in foster care. Wasn't the foster care intended only to cover the time frame that it would take for her to get on a plane and get here? She never said that. You thought she was just going to leave them in foster care? I don't know what to think. They have a mother, they don't need to be in foster care. But they wouldn't have a mother in the event of your arrest, Ms. Adelson. Wasn't that the intention of the email? I don't know what the intent of the email was. There's no, I was not going to be arrested for a crime I didn't commit. 
was she didn't know that though did she I, I don't know what she knows or doesn't know i can't speak does, to that does do dan's well that, that's a real lawyer thing i don't know what she knows or doesn't know i can't speak for her that's right out of law school 101 you can't say what someone else is thinking but the prosecutor this prosecutor is very very good however so is Wendy Adelson as a witness. She knows how to answer these questions, mostly probably because of her background as an attorney. Parents know whether you committed this crime or not? I don't know how to answer that question. How would they? Particularly back at the time that she sent that email. It was fresh at that time, right? I'm sorry, what was fresh? Though all the events that were occurring, the arrests, that was two years after Danny's murder. I don't know what she knew or didn't know. I know that my children don't belong in foster care. Was it a specific foster care that she was requesting be called in the event that the children had no place to go and were gonna be going into the custody of the state? She did suggest a specific foster care agency. A Jewish run foster care agency. A Jewish foster care. Okay. How many times have the kids visited Dan's parents since this murder? Many. It's going to be hard to count. Countless times? Countless times. How many times have they seen him in the last year? Um, we had a visit with Danny's dad and his the boy's cousin this summer. We had, we've had a lot of Skype visits. I, I love how she looks up in the air up, up as if she's going to get the answer from a, a blackboard or something. She's looking straight, you know, up in the air, or, or the Lord is going to give her the answer. I don't know. Where is she getting the answer from? They do live in Canada, so it makes mm -hmm. it a little bit harder to have in-person visitation. But every time they've asked for it, we've arranged it. Every time they've asked for an, a visit, you've arranged it. Yes, ma'am. How many times have they seen him in the last five years? Again. Countless? Have, as in the last five years, that overlaps with the time when they tried to put them in foster care. So since we've established, since we've reestablished relations, we've seen them about twice a year whenever they come down to Florida. So in the last five years, they've seen them how many times? Two or three times a year? About that. Has this been a major issue between you and Dan Markell's parents, this issue of them having access to the kids? The issue of them trying to put them in foster care is a major issue. No, ma'am, that's yes. not my question. I'm sorry. Have, hasn't the issue of them trying to get access to your kids been a major issue, at least for them? Since they tried to put the children in foster care, yes. Before that, it was not a problem. Are you familiar with their work across the street at the legislature trying to get bills passed? to give grandparents rights to see kids? I'm familiar with their grandparents' legislation, but it's actually unconstitutional. Are you mad? Are you, are you angry that according to your brother's theory, he and your mom have known who killed your children's father since 2014, and you weren't told who it was? I'm more angry that somebody killed my children's father. So you're not mad about that, that they knew this whole time. That's what they're saying. I'm sorry. Great, great question. Uh, you know, because it's not, it's not believable. Uh, you know, the old expression, it does not pass the smell test. 
it's not believable that she would not have been told by her mother, Donner, and her brother, Charles, that they hired someone to whack Daniel, her ex-husband, right? It's not believable that she wasn't told that. So she's doing a little bit of squirming on the stand right now. But as you see her mind working as this prosecutor pegs her with these questions, it's, it's interesting to watch her body lingo. That's the theory of the defense in this case, is that, that he's known the whole time. Your brother's known what happened to Dan. Does that make you angry? I'm angry about so many things. It's hard to is that one of them? separate them. Well, try. I'm confused. <laughs> it's hard to process. And apparently, according to his lawyer, these killers had threatened to kill your brother's family members as well. Did you hear that? I did hear that. And that would be you, right? It was. Were you told that a specific threat had been made by the same people that had killed your ex-husband to kill your brother's family members? I was not told. Would that have been information you would have liked to know back in 2014? Yes. Would you have made the same decision to move down to South Florida closer to the killers? No, I would not. And even after the killers were arrested in 2016, you weren't told that that's what was going on the whole time. I found out yesterday. No further questions. You know, I think that um, she's, uh, even though we all can watch her testify, we watch Wendy Adelson testify, and we know she's lying. She's great at testifying. She's excellent. You know, I think that... Uh, she, she's, you know, she's very measured. She's very thoughtful. She thinks about each and every word she's going to say. She doesn't just spoo forth answers without thinking. That's, that's very important, right? It's very, very important. Because if you just answer questions and you don't think, you know, that's where you get in trouble. That's where a sharp prosecutor will come back at you and beat you into the pavement. But yet, she's Wendy Adelson is very measured, very cool, very calculated, you know. And that's why all of you guys watching this hate her guts. That's why you all hate her, because she thinks she's smarter than everybody else, right? And, and when you look at this little rogues gallery that I'm going to put on the screen there, you know, uh, we all know that she belongs, all, the, all of them, on the bottom, except for Harvey Adelson, all of them should have an A on their picture, meaning arrested, you know, that they've been arrested so far. They should all have that A. And they don't, right? They don't yet. But uh, she, again, should have, uh, she should have an A across her picture, arrested. And hopefully that's going to happen. That's going to happen very soon. And some of you say, uh, some of you say that she should um, be charged with perjury. And I, I, you know something? I think, I think you're right. I think that might be the way to go after her with a perjury rap. Because a perjury rap in a capital murder case like this could get her life in prison. So she may be so cool and so calm and so collected. But you know something? 
she's going to be wearing those Smith and Wesson jewelry soon. The bracelets that no one wants to have on, especially when they're put on behind your back. And she's going to be marched into a jail and she's going to go on trial. And then she'll join all of this rogues gallery here, except, of course, for her sin, her husband, her ex-husband, Dan Markell, who was the victim in this case. So we're just missing two people in this rogues gallery that I have on the screen. Wendy Adelson, Harvey Adelson, Donna Adelson, Charlie Adelson, Catherine Mogwanua, Sigfredo Garcia, and Luis Rivera. This whole rogues gallery all has an A on their chest. And Wendy will be getting that A and not for doing good work. Not an A for being the best speller in her class. Not an A for graduating law school, for working for a judge, but an A meaning arrested, arrested. This is Police Off the Cuff, real crime stories. If you like real crime, true crime from a police perspective, then you're in the right place. And if you're not subscribed to us, go on our YouTube, hit that subscribe button, give us a thumbs up, and ring that bell. Like they used to say, ring my bell, ring my bell, right? Ring that bell. And if you want to contribute to us, we have a Patreon with three different levels. And we have a YouTube channel memberships with count them five different levels. And you see the folks in the in the with the green font in the chat, they're part of our YouTube family, our friends, our subscribers, and they help out this channel, they support this channel, and we really appreciate everything they do for us. This case is unbelievable. You know, it's like, in a way, it's an American tragedy. Power digs into the street to have a problem taken care of that could have, could have, should have been taken care of in a civilized society in a civilized way. Uh, Susie Dupree, member for five months. Love me some Sergeant Bill. Thank you, Susie Dupree. Very much appreciated. Uh, we love love at Police Off the Cuff Real Crime Stories. You know, we love people that love us. We love you back. Thank you so much. Uh, so, yeah, when you think of it like murder for hire, you know, murder for hire. Isn't that horrible when you think of it? And it, it still happens during this day and age. Uh I'm going to play a little bit of Dan Markell's mom reacting to the arrest of, Don, of Donna Adelson. Sigfredo Garcia's longtime girlfriend, Catherine McBanoa, had once dated Wendy Adelson's brother, Charlie. And after the murders, Catherine was collecting cash checks and gifts from Charlie. Authorities determined this was a murder for hire orchestrated by Charlie Adelson. After wiretaps, undercover operations, and a murder trial, Charlie Adelson has joined Catherine McBanawa, Sigfredo Garcia, and Luis Rivera behind bars. But now, shocking new developments in the case. Charlie and Wendy's mother, Donna Adelson, has been arrested and charged with orchestrating this murder for hire. Tonight, we get reaction to the latest developments from Dan's mother, Ruth Markell, who joins us live 
as we continue our investigation into the death and murder of Dan Markell. I'm Vinny Politan. Thank you for joining us tonight here on Closing Arguments. More big news, more developments in the case involving the murder of Dan Markell. And let's begin where we always begin. Dan Markell was a loving father. That's why he was murdered. That's why he was murdered. That is the reason. Let's go Before right get to the there, mom. Um, I wanted to get, you wrote, a, you're, a, you're, you're a writer. You're, you wrote this book about this incredible tragedy that you have been through. How would you compare sitting down and writing that book with sitting down and watching these trials? How would you compare those experiences? Well, I'm going to tell you an interesting uh, way of describing it. Some psychologists have this wheel, a wheel of, of all the feelings that people can have, you know, ranging from sad, pain, happiness, elation, relief, back to pain and worry. I think that I could tell you honestly that I've been through every one of those feelings, those circumstances. And, you know, writing the book creates looking at the wound. This now has extra dimensions to it because of the fact that we're living out, uh, you know, all of, all of the related issues of, of going through all of this trauma and so forth. You know, seeking just... This is Dan Markell's uh, mother speaking right now about her murdered son. This, now it's over nine years. It's a long, long time. And as you mentioned before, We've been through trials, and one good thing, I mean, I wrote the book about the trial life and certainly talked about uncertainty and waiting. That's been the life for life for over nine years. So now we're getting a little bit closer. Obviously, the last uh, month or so, we now have two new words, which is uh, conviction for Charlie Adelson and uh, charges for Donna Adelson. So, like, what's happening now is at least you know, I would say that the compass is going in the right direction. You know, as we watched the trial and, and, and so many people were seeing you there and trying to imagine what you're going through, do, 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 what, what's, where's your focus when you're inside that courtroom? Is it, is it learning the facts? Is it hearing the witnesses? Is it seeing the people who were responsible? Because they came in and... They're testifying as well, trying to, to um, persuade the jury or trying to help the state persuade the jury that, that uh, Charlie Adelson it was um, part of all of this. And certainly they'll be there at Donna's trial as well. Yeah, it's everything. First of all, in, in this last trial, so having Charlie Adelson sit in front of you is very different when you know this person. In the previous trials, we really did not know. Uh, we didn't know Garcia. We didn't know Rivera. We, we didn't know, you know, Catherine. And here you are, like, actually coming for the first time with the people who we feel are the most important to be in the courtroom. And, and, and yet at the same time, it, it's like a, 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 a crazy experience. But also, I do listen for the evidence. And I think that... Um, you know, Georgia had a really good phrase when she talked about the extortion theory, which I really liked, you know, that, that it's a layaway, a layaway plan. 
And, uh, you know, and, that, and that's important because you come up with these theories from the defense and you have to really think about, okay, how, how is the prosecutor going to handle stuff that we all think is um, really irrelevant or not worthy of any kind of uh, conclusion? So I think there's so much that you feel at the same time. And I, and I, and then of course you're, you're, it's a, each witness comes up and you say, okay, did they contribute? Did they not contribute? Uh, the very first time I heard Rivera, I was very nervous because he's really has to appear credible. And we had friends that were coming down to visit us and, you know, I couldn't go out to dinner that night. I was so worried. And, and so this is sort of the yo-yo really there's a yo-yo effect. As we get word now that Donna Adelson tonight has been indicted, that's the, the big headline. Um, Scripps News Tallahassee uh, got this reporting for us, uh, that she's now officially been indicted. But it seems that she was on her way to Vietnam, a country where extradition is not so easy. It's not so easy if there's an American over there and we want to bring them back to this country to be prosecuted. It's tough to get them to Amazing what this uh, this family has been has been through. Uh, just just for, to go to the trial every day and to more or less be watching the people that murdered your son. Uh, not more or less, the watching actually watching in you know in testimony the people who murdered your son, it just, it must feel like it's the word, I hate the, the overused word, surreal, but it really must feel that way. We're going to watch a little bit more Wendy's testimony. And again, keep in mind, can and will she be charged with uh, perjury? Brother had seriously hired a hitman where it, you weren't repeating the joke. You're no. serious. Is she lying? Is she committing perjury? Should she be prosecuted for perjury? Let's talk about that right now. You're bringing my guests in Tallahassee, Florida. Colonel Defense Attorney, former federal prosecutor Tim Jansen back with us. Also joining us in Bradenton, Florida, body language and voice stress analysis expert Jerry Crotty. Great to have you both here as we uh, dig into this a little bit. Um, let me start with you, Jerry, though, in, in, in taking a listen there to Wendy Adelson. Uh, I know it was a short clip there, but what are your thoughts about how she's saying what she's saying? And is there anything there that kind of, uh, you know, you took note of? Yeah, so I have a lot of notes actually from her testimony. I, I, I don't know anything about this case, honestly. And so when I started watching it, I was really curious if, if everybody thought she was being deceptive. And so um, the one thing I can tell you is that the, the, the gentleman with the glasses on, I don't know who that is either, uh, he was very congruent when he was speaking. Uh, the emotions match, everything matched up like it should. Uh, however, when she was speaking, uh, there was actually no emotion on her face when she's, when she's answering the questions. Uh, one of the things, you know, I was a law enforcement officer for over 20 years and 75, 80% of that, I was an investigator. And one of the things that myself and my partner always said was if somebody's looking you in the eyes and you can see the bottom of the white on the bottom of their eyes, that's an instant get ready because they're about to lie to you. Uh, we called it the three whites of the eyes. I have no idea where that name came from. 
but we, I really noticed it with her right out of the gate. And so it really made me kind of sit up and take it, pay attention to exactly what she was saying. Uh, I ran those answers through the voice stress analyzer and there was definitely deception in those answers. Wow. Okay. Let, let's take a listen to a little more of, of Wendy Adelson here um, talking about the crime scene. Cause you remember the, the, the morning of the murder, she gets in the car and she's going someplace and she sort of takes a roundabout way there. Here's what she said about that on the stand. Did you go to the crime scene or very near the crime scene on your way from your residence to, I guess, to lunch or to wherever you were going next? No, I did not. So you never turned on Trescott Drive that day? I went to turn on Trescott Drive, but I saw that it had been blocked off by some tape. And so I just kept driving on Centerville. Okay, and when you, you had to turn around at the tape, right, to go back out? I think I tried to turn right and it couldn't turn, so I would have made like a the kind of turn, like a K-turn and kept going. Was there a roadblock there with? There was tape. Yeah, and an officer was there? I didn't a... see an officer, but I did see a car. A, a law enforcement marked mm -hmm. vehicle? Okay, did you have any contact with the officer? No. Okay. Did you do anything after that to try to find out what was going on down that roadway? No, I just assumed it was weather, or maybe a tree fell. I just want to note, I, uh, I love the prosecutor's style throughout this trial, throughout the trial. It was amazing. Um, now let's take a listen. To this, this prosecutor is very good. She's very measured. You can tell she's very experienced. She doesn't seem to get flustered. Uh, she keeps her cool, but yet she's very, she's strict. Her, her questions are very to the point, and when she doesn't get the answer she asked, the question of, she immediately says, that's not what I asked. I asked you this. You answered something differently. Officer Bill Brannon from the Tallahassee Police describing the same situation. From the roadblock where you were positioned, could you see the crime scene? Yes. Would it have been obvious to someone approaching your position in a vehicle that there was activity, law enforcement activity going on at that residence? It seems, it seems likely. Did you know at the time that Wendy Adelson drove this type of vehicle? Yes. All right, so you noticed this vehicle or a vehicle identical to this one approach your position? Yes, ma'am. What did the vehicle do when it approached your position? Uh, just stopped pretty quick and turned around and headed back in the other direction. All right, Tim Jansen, let me, can you break it? Now, did she... The question I have for you guys, did she take a ride by that crime to scene, excuse me, that crime scene to see if the dirty deed was done? Was that her purpose? What was the reason she was driving by there? And then she sees crime scene tape at her ex-husband's home. And is it believable that she doesn't stop? If she thought something nefarious happened, wouldn't you stop at your husband's, your ex-husband's house to see what happened? Does that therefore mean that she knew what had happened? Or she assumed what had happened because she knew what was going to go down? And not, then she was looking for some sort of confirmation? That's some of the questions I have. Down for us because everyone thought this was a little strange that Wendy Adelson is testifying at this trial as a state witness. She gets some level of immunity. Can you break down 
that immunity and why that could make it difficult to actually prosecute her for the murder. And then give me your take on pursuing potential perjury charges here. Absolutely, Vinny. Um, she was given derivative use immunity, meaning anything she said at the trial could not be used against her. And they couldn't take her words to go out and find evidence that was derivatively used. But she was not protected from perjury. So if she commits perjury, she can be prosecuted. Uh, she's testified in three trials. What's important in Charlie's trial was that they filed a motion in limine to keep out Lacasse's statement about hiring the hitman. The judge sustained it because it was hearsay. And Wendy had already testified. So when Charlie was going to testify, it was sustained. They had to recall Wendy. Wendy had to deny it. Then they recalled him for impeachment. And then it was admissible. So the problem with the prosecuting Wendy is the lack of evidence and the Castigar issues with the derivative use. But she could be prosecuted with perjury, and it's not unheard of. Remember the, the Parkland shooting, Scott Peterson? That police officer was charged with perjury. Now, he was found not guilty. But perjury in this case is a, on a capital offense like this is a second-degree felony punishable by 30 years. Boom, boom. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Perjury in a capital case is a second-degree felony that could result in 30 years in prison. And what if she has multiple, multiple counts of perjury? Could that be consecutive sentences of 30 years or more? So this prosecutor is smart as they come. If they don't have enough evidence to try her for a conspiracy to commit murder or to being part of this murder, to actually charge for murder first degree like they did her brother Charlie, which no doubt they will do to her mother Donna, she could be ensnared in this perjury. And it's not a trap. She already testified at three separate trials. Did she knowingly lie? Did she knowingly tell falsehoods? You know. They could build this case on perjury. And believe me, everyone that's followed this case has a distinct disdain for Wendy Adelson, that she is the catalyst, although many point to her mother Donna as being the catalyst. Was it Wendy who was complaining to her? The Adelson crime family, as someone put it in the chat before? Was she complaining to the Adelson crime family? Let's, my husband this, my husband that, I got to get, we got to get rid of him, blah, blah, blah. Is that a possibility? I think it is. I think it is. And if she testified in one or two trials, you could stack those perjury counts. And the car going by the scene, relatively easy to prove with the phone where she was and Centerville Road and that Trescott is right there. And who's the witness against her? A sworn law enforcement officer who recognized her car. So they may not get her on murder, but they may get her on perjury. You know, Al Capone didn't convict of murder. He got convicted of tax evasion. That's right. He still went to prison. That's right.
Uh, and you look at you look at O.J. Simpson. He got jammed up for the trying to get his memorabilia back. You know, it, it, it's interesting that he said that because you know, in in a lot of uh, organized crime cases, uh, and one of the things that organized crime hates the most is the term RICO, the RICO statute, racketeering influence organized crime, uh, racketeering. Uh, influence corruption and organized crime. That statue put more mobsters away forever than any other law on this earth. So that is why that mobsters were all flipping on each other because of the RICO statutes. So again, they couldn't get mobsters like in this case. They couldn't get them for murder, but they can get them for continuing organized crime conspiracy. And they would get sentences like beyond the pale. Okay, let's take a listen to more now of Wendy uh, Adelson's testimony. Um, here talking about this so-called celebration dinner. After the murder, do you recall going to a dinner where you got sick at the table? It was about a month later. And yes, I remember. Where did that dinner occur? Was that here in Tallahassee or somewhere else? No, it was in Miami. All right. And was it like a, out at a restaurant? It was at a restaurant. All right. And when we say you got sick at the table, did you actually vomit at the table? I threw up at the table. All right. And did you ever hear your brother refer to that particular dinner as a celebratory dinner? No. Did you tell Jeffrey Lacoste that your brother called that a celebratory dinner? I did not. Did was that a one moment yes sir was that dinner a celebration of the murder of your ex-husband absolutely not that dinner was the first time i left my house after over a month because i was terrified and if it was a celebration of anything it was a celebration that i was willing to leave the house and eat a meal during one of those phone calls, did you learn about a dinner where Wendy had become ill at the table? Yes, I did learn about that. And what did you learn about that dinner? Um, that she went out to dinner with Charlie for what he called a celebration dinner. He said something to her. She spontaneously vomited on the table. And this would have been within... How much time after the homicide? Within a few weeks. Was it specified that the celebration was in reference to Dan Markell's death as opposed to anything else? Wasn't specified. Okay. But whatever it was, that's the dinner where she vomited. That's right. Hi, Jerry Crotty. How about uh, Wendy Adelson here? Okay. So I have a lot of notes on this part right here because it gets kind of right out of the gate you can clearly see that she's you can see the bottom of her eyes well, when she's speaking again that's the three whites of the eye so i started really paying attention to what she was saying when she starts out she's uh she's very you know spontaneous with her answers about asking if she you know she if she vomited at the restaurant things like that uh but then when she gets to the part to where it really starts to count she closes her eyes when she answers and that's indicative of somebody that just doesn't want to see the reaction of the person they're speaking to uh when they do it um, and then again, I, I analyzed her, her response about the celebratory dinner. And, and again, there was stress indicated on that response from her. Uh, the attorney asked her if the dinner was a, uh, a celebration of the murder of your ex-husband. 
Now that's a pretty direct accusatory question. There should be some type of emotion displayed during that question. And the answer should be no, and it should be right away. She begins shaking her head no before she's even to the point to where she's asking if it was about murdering the husband. And so she already knew this question was coming. She's anticipating it. Uh, and then her answer was, was just the worst answer you could give, which was absolutely not. Uh, you actually hear her voice crack when she's giving it. Again, I analyze that as well. And again, there's deception indicated on that response as well. Uh, and then when she's answering the, the questions that are the most important, the head nodding begins to kind of fail on her. She's not doing it like she was before. And so uh, when you compare it to when she was answering the questions about, you know, when we know she's being truthful and when it counts, it changes. So again, it's not congruent. Uh, and then the thing I thought that was really interesting was at the very end of her uh, statement, uh, she flashed a micro expression just a little bit, which to me looked like duping delight, which basically means you're, you're, you think you're getting one past somebody. And then she finished it up with pursed lips. And then the, the best was, uh, you know, she does a lot of contradicting herself when she speaks, you know, did you drive past the crime scene? Uh, no, did you drive? But I drove up to the road though, where it was at. So she, she contradicted herself there. But when they said, it's not a celebration. And then at the very end, she says, but if it was a celebration, it was the fact that I was going out of the house to wow. uh, get a meal for the first time. So just, unbelievable. She, she, yeah. So she's, she's having a hard time telling the truth. Yeah. You know, interesting. Uh, and, and as I said earlier, a lot of these um, body language guys, um, not, not everything uh, people do uh, is indicative of deception. Many things are. And, um, and I think mo most body language is uh, you have to understand the person who you who, with who you are interviewing as what is their trigger points. What is the things they do when they're being deceptive? What are the things they do when they're lying? Because not everyone does the same thing. Not everyone has the same body lingo uh, that indicates the same type of deception. So. A sharp investigator, a sharp interviewer knows that. And he look, he or she looks for signs, signs that for the very specific person they're interviewing are signs of deception. Folks, if you're looking for a great attorney in a New York metropolitan area, then Joe Murray is your man. Joe is a retired NYPD police officer and a fantastic defense attorney. You can reach Joe on his cell phone at 718 514-3855, email him at joe at jmurray-law.com or go on his website, jmurray-law.com. Not only is Joe a fabulous defense attorney, but he's also a huge supporter of the Police Off the Cuff podcast and has been for several years, and we really appreciate all of his support. So this case is actually uh, fascinating. Uh Angel D, they need the behavior panel to analyze her. <laughs> uh, all body language exper experts establish a baseline for each, each person. Well, truth seeker, you're right, they should. Uh, but I've heard a lot, a lot of body language people that it's not, they talk in absolutes many times. And if we've learned anything in this world, almost nothing is an absolute. There always has to be a little give and take in almost everything, you know? Uh, so I, I don't want to say that. And then look, I, I agree. And I applaud the body language people. I think, I think they're fantastic. 
So we're going to stay with this case. And I mean, now what, when I say stay with it, what are we seeing? Well, we just saw Donna Adelson arrested, you know, and everyone is hoping right there on the screen, Wendy Adelson is the next one to go down in this case. And not just because, um, not because we're evil and want to see something bad happen to her, but she's a bad person, you know? Everyone, I think, agrees that she was complicit in this case. She was totally involved in this case. And when you look at this rogues gallery from left to right, Wendy Adelson, right? Donna Adelson, the grandmother. Charles Adelson, the brother and the periodontist, right? Catherine Magbanua, who was the catalyst, really, because she hired her baby's daddy, Sigfredo Garcia. He was the shooter. And also, uh, Luis Rivera, the former Latin king, to go along and do this dirty deed. So everyone wants to see everyone involved in this horrific caper, especially the family of Daniel Markell. Uh, and look, think of how long they've had to deal with this. Incredible, right? Well, this has been Police Off the Cuff. That's our show for today, Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories. I'm your host, Bill Cannon, retired NYPD detective sergeant from Manhattan North Homicide Squad. And I, I want to thank all you guys for tuning in today. Uh, and again, we'll bring you this case as new, new things pop up. It is a fascinating case. Thank you so much and have a great weekend, everyone. So